This is the Milo Beasley Show. This is the Milo Beasley Show. There's only one thing you need to know. This is the Milo Beasley Show. And now, here's your host, Milo Beasley. And welcome to the Milo Beasley Show, dude, 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 episode number 352, right? Is that right? 352? 353? 353? 353. Uh, you know, it's it's all about numbers at this point. And speaking of numbers, uh, I have the perfect guest for you today. Uh, so please help me welcome for this time, the Cowboy Coder. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm super excited to make it on this 353rd show, man. It's exciting. Yeah. Uh, super excited to have you. Uh, I, uh, to talk with uh, MC Lars, who who introduced us and yeah. uh, gave me your, your backstory. And uh, considering I've worked in video games in the video game industry for uh, for over twelve years, I was definitely interested to uh, hear Very your cool. story and uh, and how you went from uh, you know a, a job within uh, you know the coding industry to yeah. now a a music career. So. Um, I guess, uh, before we, before we do that, we just do want to say that you do have, uh, your first single, uh, Code Rage is yeah. out on, on YouTube right now. It so is. we'll definitely link, uh, we'll throw a link on, you know, in our comments so people can go and check it out. But, uh, okay. I have to know, um, so you were a systems analyst, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've been, I've been in IT for, you know, probably 15 years now and, done everything from the whole, you know, project life cycle to coding to everything. Uh, and so, yeah, it's been kind of a wild journey. And um, when I kind of hooked up with Lars, it kind of reignited, like I've always been into music, you know, just in high school, I was in a band and and we did all kinds of, we were most, mostly a cover band, but uh, you know, I never, I never really got into like writing music till I connected with Lars and he kind of, he kind of showed me like, how you should go about that whole process and everything. So now so, when yeah. you were doing IT, when you were doing, you know, uh, when you were just yeah. working on a computer, would some of these things, would some lines pop into your head? Like, would there be like either song lyrics, you know, that you yeah. would just sing or parody lyrics while you yeah, were yeah. working? Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. Uh, in fact, that's what, uh, there's a song on the album called No Pointer Exception. And I don't know, like, any of the techies out there will appreciate that. But that's like a, whenever I would see that, I was like, I gotta write a song about that. Because <laughs> it's like the most annoying error ever. You know, it's like, it's like nondescript. It's just like, yeah, something bad happened. We don't know what, but you know, you'll figure it out. <laughs> I mean, I, I hear you a hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, a lot of my fellow uh, EA folks out there uh, or yeah. watching and, and, uh, some other, uh, computer nerds are out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, would you consider yourself a computer nerd? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, um, totally embrace and own that, <laughs> that, that designation. Um, you know, I, there's something about the, the nerd or the geek culture. That's, that's very like quirky and weird, but also like very thoughtful and like, you know, passionate about what they're doing. And, and I think that's really cool. And I think that like that, that whole concept kind of 
permeates different areas too, right? Like you might be a geek in sports or a geek in, you know, entertainment or whatever. And uh, I just think like you, you take that kind of filter and put it over the tech world and it fits like almost perfectly, you know? Uh, agreed, agreed. Uh, now you, you mentioned, you know, you were part of a, a cover band and you were in the music. So what yeah. was what was the style of music that you were into, uh, you know, in, in high school, college, you know, when you were young? Yeah, yeah. So we did a lot of like classic rock type stuff. Um, the Cult was a big influence. We did, we even did like old school stuff like the Rolling Stones. Um, we, a lot of REM for the ladies out there, you know. <laughs> yeah, you had, you had to have something that was like appealing, you know, to a, a kind of a larger audience, if you will. But yeah, those were those were like some of the the big influences back there. Also, Rush was a big influence. I was I was the bass player, so I was always like looking for challenging things, and and I was always drawn to Rush just for their, you know, Getty Lee is like one of my favorite musicians of all time. Just the way he can take an instrument and elevate it to like the next level, you know. Absolutely. And so uh, your your name, the Cowboy Coder, is that uh, you're you're in Texas. Is that how are you a cowboy in real life? Yeah, I actually well, this. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting story how that all came about. Um, but I'm actually in Puerto Rico now. I've moved. Oh, from, you're in Puerto Rico now. Yeah, I've moved from Austin, Texas to now Puerto Rico. Uh, and I made that move about a year and a half ago or so. Oh, so during like the whole COVID process. Yeah. Yeah. During the whole like craziness, I was like, why am I? What? This is like even crazy. I guess I just wanted like I needed a change and I needed kind of an adventure. And That's I was like, definitely a change in an adventure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But um, getting back to the cowboy coder, like how did that actually come into being? It's kind of an interesting story because I worked at a company uh, in Austin called Vignette. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it was a small software company. And I was actually like, um, put in charge of some of the mergers and acquisitions from a technical due diligence point of view. Oh, sorry. I've got a cat in here. No Do you mind? Artemis. <laughs> All right. My apologies. My apologies. No I mean, you know, hurting you cats, know. hurting sheep. It's all, uh, it's all the same. That's right. That's right. I'm sorry about that. Hopefully she'll stay quiet now. Um, but yes, where were we? Getting back to Cowboy Coder. How did that come about? Right. Uh, so while I was at this company, we were, integra we were integrating with another company out in the Bay Area called uh, Epicentric. And that was integrating a content management system with a portal system, if you're familiar with those old web technologies. Right. Um, but it was so it was so funny to me because like a lot of their stuff like was very academic, very theoretical. They were always about like design patterns and all this stuff. And we could never get like the integration to work that smoothly. And so they would always, you know, and, and of course being from Texas, they would always like get on the calls and be like, oh man, you guys are just cowboy coders down there in Austin or whatever. And I just kind of like, I kind of liked that like, you know, name or whatever. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. That's a cool name. Um, but it also like how that kind of came about like on the record. And there, there's, there's a lot of things to the whole like cowboy coding um, mythology, if you will. But it's like cowboy coding to me is 
you're, you're trying to break free from the bounds of a methodology and like create value and innovation with autonomy. And so like, it's kind of like this cool, like metaphor for life, if you will, right? Like we've got all these rules and constraints that we have to work in. Right. And sometimes you have to be really creative to find ways to be like, these things are limiting me in some way so I can find ways to go out beyond that, challenge myself and find ways to, you know, add value, creativity, innovation, all of those things and just bumping up against that. So that's kind of like the backstory of cowboy coder and cowboy coding. And what does that mean? And like, there's actually a song on the album called cowboy coding that kind of talks about that whole concept and how people can use it uh, to, you know, write their own code, make their own rules in life, you know? So. Heck yeah. 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 Now being in Texas, did you do any of the like cowboy type stuff? Did you have, yeah. you, you know, you, you ride horses and, and things like that? Yeah. I actually, um, when I lived in El Paso, I was, I was really into horses and I would go out, um, in the desert quite a bit, go, go horseback riding out there. Great. A, a lot of friends who had ranches, so I'd always go on their ranches and, and, you know, do all kinds of the Texas cowboy stuff. It was a lot of fun. That's, uh, that's fantastic. Now you're living in Puerto Rico. I was wondering because, uh, you know, the, the, the video, uh, for code rage, like yeah. you're, you're, I was like, where in Texas is that? <laughs> like, clearly, uh, it was not in Texas. It was yeah. Puerto Rico. Uh, yeah. how, how much, how much fun was it to, to shoot the, the video oh for code rage? Oh, it was, it was so much fun. Like the whole, I, I don't know if you're familiar with Max, scaff but he was the director of that video okay and he it was really it was really interesting because when we came up with the idea for the for the video we first thought we would go into what what's known as a rage room i don't know if you've heard of these things yes yes yeah. I'm familiar. yes yeah it's kind of like you know instead of doing something more destructive in the outside world go to a rage room and let all you know get all your angst out right um, but he said what if we did it in like nature so now you have like this really amazing contrast between like technology and nature and how we how we deal with that. So that right. so that was kind of like when when he said it, I thought, wow, that's a great that's a great artistic contrast between like technology and the beauty of nature and how like that's always kind of in conflict in some way. And it resolves back to like just getting into nature can help you address your code rage, right? Like it can, it can help you deal with things that you're, you're dealing with, right? Like nature is always great in that way. And so, yeah. And, and, and the idea of like taking some, um, some old equipment and just going out there and just like, like smashing it. That was so much fun. I didn't, I didn't quite know how it would go, but it was like, you really, it is cathartic, right? You're like right, yeah. all, all the angst you have from like, you know, the things that you, that you're frustrated about with technology. It's, it was a lot of fun to like, get that out there, you know? Absolutely. Just like uh, office, it was uh shades of office, uh, office yeah. space. I'm, I'm glad you caught that reference. Yeah. Yeah. It was totally, I was trying to, that was something we actually added in at the very end. I was like, Hey, let's do the whole little office space thing. And, right. And uh, you, yeah. yeah, but the dragging. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Now, uh, again, we talked about uh, you working with MC Lars. How did how yeah. did that happen? Who reached out to who? Did you reach out to him? Did he reach out to you? Yeah, that's a great story too. Um, my girlfriend actually went to college with him back in the Bay Area, oh. 
And so that's kind of how we initially got connected. He would come to Austin for South by Southwest a lot, and we'd kind of hang out. And then uh, Empire Control Room down in Austin, downtown Austin, it was in February of 2020. So right before the whole mess kind of started, we right. connected at that concert. And I just remember saying, man, it'd be cool to like do some music with you. And like, and that kind of just started the whole journey into, he, he has, he has a thing called Lit Hop Academy too. I don't know if you're okay. familiar with that, but that, that was kind of part of that. Uh, and so he, he would kind of like structure, um, you know, kind of some lessons in music and stuff. And it was, it was, he's just so amazing at, at like getting your creative expression to come out. And the big, the really cool thing about him was like, I don't, I don't know if you've ever tried to write songs, but it's like, it's more challenging than you think, right? Like, absolutely. And, and I, whenever I tried to do it, I could never, I could never really like, I always had some kind of block. I was like, why can't, why doesn't this fit? Or why doesn't it, you know? And he, he, the light bulb moment went on when he was like, you have to connect the, the rhythm and the lyrics and they kind of have to flow together, you know, with the beats. And I don't know why that was, for me, it was just like one of those mental blocks, you know, but he's really great at like getting you to like have those light mold moments where you're like, oh, now it makes sense. And right. then you can like flow into stuff. And he's so good at like flowing on his own. I don't know if you've ever been to one of his concerts. I love when he like, ask people to like hey, show me something and he just starts like riffing about it just free flow i'm like that's amazing i, I don't know if i could ever do that but that, it's really cool to see him do that and he he is able to get students to feel more comfortable like with expressing themselves and getting into that mode so yeah that's kind of how we connected how long did it take you to write the album yeah that's a great question um so to get through all the demos, we did like about one song a month. So it was about, it was about a year to, to get all the demos down and then um, went into the studio to see it. Gosh, I guess that was February of this year. So, so we got all the production stuff kind of wrapped up probably around May ish or so. And so like, yeah, and so now, yeah, now we've got, now we're, we're all ready for the release and we're ready to go October 14th. That's the, that's the drop date. So that's yeah, Octo October 14th. Is there a, what is yeah. that? Is there a, a name on the album? Uh, or is it, is it just called Code Rage or? Is, yeah, it's called, the name of the album is called Code Rage. Yeah. Fantastic. And then the, the title track, you've already released the. Yeah, the, we've the already released it. And the video for. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you already have 93,000 views on YouTube. How cool yeah. is that? Yeah, that's ex that's so exciting. I, that blew me away. I didn't know it was going to like take off like that. So that that was really fun to see that, you know. So now is there uh, any pressure on uh, for a second album? Have you already started working on that? Yeah, yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad you asked. We, we've got a couple of things in the works. Um, so one of the things that's coming up is um, it's a concept album. You'll appreciate this. It's, it's about video games. Oh, fantastic. And, and we're going to do some remixes of some like really legendary games and the music that went with them. So things like uh, The Last Ninja from Commodore 64. Um, and we've got we've already done Kerncraft. I don't know if you've seen that, but okay. but we've released we haven't put it out on YouTube yet, but that's that's coming too. But 
I don't know if you're familiar with the story of Kerncraft, but this is what kind of inspired this concept album that we're doing, which is all about video games and remixing them and trying to bring fresh energy to them. Um, but Kerncraft is a fascinating one because they took, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but like Lazy Jones was a game that you could play and it had like games inside of that. Right. And there was um, there was a game inside of there called Star Stardust. And that that kind of formed uh, the basis for that Kerncraft uh, song that was released. And now like everybody in the stadiums and everything are like doing the, oh, you know, the, right. <laughs> the chants and everything. So uh, now when uh, MC Lars is also working on his latest album, when he tours on that album, are you going to are you going to go with him? Yeah. Uh, if it, Yeah, I think that will probably happen. You know, I was able to, this was the really cool thing before um, I was able to tour with him in the UK back in oh, May. Oh, cool. And that was like, that was an experience of a lifetime, man. It was like, how, so, how was your stage presence? Yeah, I was really worried about it, but I, I think it went on really well. I mean, I got a lot of really good responses and um, it was so cool to just like jump up on stage and, and just go for it, you know? Yeah. And uh, it, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So yeah, I'll probably, um, I'll talk with Lars about that and see like, you know, maybe there's an opportunity for that to happen in the future. But yeah, it would be really cool to do something like that. Yeah, uh, I, I think so as well. Have you played any uh, open mic nights down in Puerto Rico? Not yet, not yet. That That's that's in the works though. I will have some, I will have some things coming up and get out there. Puerto that's, Rico, uh, it, I'm not sure my music quite fits in down here, but we'll, we'll see. you never know. You never know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You never know. Like, <laughs> you never know until you try. Uh, yeah, so one thing right. I want to do uh, uh, real quick, it's something we do on the Milo Beasley show. It's called the Milo Beasley show frequently asked questions. And these are going to be the same five questions that, that I ask to all of my guests. So are you ready? Okay. I am ready. Let's do it. All right. All right. Uh, question number one. What was the first concert you attended? Wow, this brings me back. Um, my first concert actually was when we were on summer vacation up in Maine, and it was with part of all groups. And I went with I went with my cousin because they were they were going and they're like, hey, you want to go? And that was my first concert ever. That's fantastic. Really cool. I've I've been blessed to be able to see Hart, and uh, yeah. I mean, what a show! What yeah, uh, they were amazing. Absolute show. Yeah. All right, question number two. Yeah. Do you believe in ghosts? Yes, I do. Yes. Have you had some like weird stuff? I mean, uh, I, have you hit, have you been haunted by any Puerto Rican ghosts? Not, no Puerto Rican ghosts, not okay. yet. Um, but I do, I do have a few kind of stories about this. Um, and I'm, the, the jury's still out, but I do, I do think there's in terms of like, was it really a ghost? I don't know. Um, but like when we were traveling one time uh, between Austin and um, Canyon, Texas, which is where my a lot of my family's from, right. um, we stayed in a in a hotel purposely uh, that was designated as a haunted hotel. And when we went in there, it was it was really weird. Like you had kind of like it was a weird feeling that you got, and. Um, you know, you, you turn on the you turn on the like the lights and stuff and they'd stay on and then they'd start to flicker a little bit. Right. Oh. And so I never knew, like, is this just kind of a, like an old beaten down hotel or is there something going on here? So it was. Right. Yeah. 
and then I've also had, um, I, I love the whole ghost thing too. Like go, I, if there's ever like a ghost tour or something, I'm like, Oh, I gotta go check that out. You know, <laughs> just fascinated by the concept. Um, and one time when I went on one, it was in San Antonio and it was at the Alamo and there was definitely like the, the tour guide was like talking about the hauntings of the Emily Morgan hotel, which is right across the street. Right. And there was definitely there. He was pointing up and you don't know, like if maybe they're orchestrating this or whatever. Right. 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 Definitely some, there was definitely something that, like he was just talking about it and you could see something in one of the windows that was like this apparition that was kind of like floating around. And it, and it was just like, OK, this is like you, you just kind of get chills and stuff. And you're like, I don't know if this is real, but I want to believe, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, question number three. Sure. It's a little a twist on a common question. In a movie about your life, who would play your parents? Ooh, that is a fascinating question. Uh... Oh. I lose you there. Oh, ghost! I'm telling you. Bad. Can you hear? All me? right, all right. There we go. I'm so sorry about that. No problem. <laughs> Puerto Rican internet sometimes is not the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, oh, so yeah, oh, where were we? Uh, yeah, talking about uh, in a movie about your life, who would play your parents? Oh yeah, my parents. So my dad's always been compared to to Bob Newhart. I don't know if you're okay. with him, but he. he He's just, that's kind of personifies him. Right. My mom's a little trickier because she's probably a combination of a couple of, uh, let's see, who would she most be like? Um, oh my gosh. I can't, I can't think of, um, I might say like um, Blanche from the Golden Girls. I can't remember. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, that, would, that would be kind of her persona as well. All right. I, I, but that's, I like, that's that. a great question, man. That's like makes you think a little bit, you know, who yeah, would be there. All yeah. right. Uh, who is your uh, question number four? Who is your favorite person to follow on social media? Wow. Now that's that's a great question. Um, I'd probably say right now, Charles Hoskinson is kind of fascinating to me Okay, um, because I'm kind of into blockchain. And um, I know he, I know he's like kind of controversial, but like. I kind of like some of his bluntness and just like, I love his vision too for like, like what, what crypto could become, right? Like the aspirations of crypto. Right. And I think I, I love his mission and stuff. And I love, I love when he talks about it. He's very passionate. And I guess that's, that's probably who I'm following right now. And plus they've got the vassal hard port coming up. I don't know if you're into crypto, but it's kind of exciting to watch that play out. It's super, super interesting. I did. I've had some crypto folks uh, on the show before, so uh, yeah. the, the entire uh, NFT crypto thing fascinates me. I'm not sure if I'm going to dive into it, but it, it definitely fascinates me. Yeah, yeah, I'm fascinated by it too. Yeah, I totally get um, the resistance for NFTs because it seems like it's way overhyped. There's a lot of. It does seem like some of it feels kind of off, doesn't it? It seems like well, how could like this little GIF be right. worth? A hundred thousand dollars. It doesn't make any sense. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah. 
Uh, and then question number five, whether it was, yeah. uh, you know, just out and about on the streets, uh, on tour uh, yeah. in the UK, what has been your biggest fanboy moment where you saw somebody uh, who was a celebrity or somebody and you wow. just uh, you just lost it? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um, I will I will say there was this one this one time it was like the coolest thing ever. Um, now, I went to Texas A&M, so I'm an Aggie and our biggest rival is the Texas Longhorns. Right. Um, but um, I met Ricky Williams. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Yes. But, but yeah, he he was Heisman winner. Uh, I saw him like gut punch the Aggies. It's like, but I got I was doing Tai Chi and he came he was in the class and he came and I got to do what's called cloud hands with him. And his energy was so amazing. I was just like blown away. I was like, this is like true, like warrior type energy that I've right. never experienced. It was like the coolest thing ever. And I just thought it was funny that it was like a rival school, but like it was it was just cool to like get to interact with someone that has excelled at the highest level in that way. Uh, and it, it was like I was like giddy afterwards. I was like, I can't believe that just happened, you know. That's <laughs> That, that's uh that's fantastic uh yeah. that's that's a, that's a good story i love that story yeah uh, so thanks. before we wrap up where can folks find you on the social medias if they want to to follow uh your, your your budding career see when new singles are going to drop uh you know learn all about the new album yeah thanks um yeah so i'm on i'm on uh spotify and soundcloud right now um, when the album drops, I'm going to be pushed out through DistroKid, so that's going to be available on like Apple Music and all of oh, the perfect. other things that are linked to that. Um, I'm also on Twitter, uh, Cowboy Coder TX. Cowboy Coder TX. <laughs> yeah, and um, I'm on Instagram as Cowboy Coder, Cowboy Coder TX as well. Um, I've got a Facebook page, and yeah, and I, yeah, those are the, those are the big things that I've got out there right now. Uh, oh, it's my YouTube channel, right? It's got my video on there. <laughs> right. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. So we just want to reiterate uh, the album "Code Rage" drops October fourteenth. The yeah. title track, the single "Code Rage," uh, the video is available now on YouTube. Again, highly recommend you check it out. Yeah. Uh, so, Cowboy Coder, any any last words before we wrap up? Yeah, no, I just I really appreciate you having me on. Um, it's great. I hope your I hope your listeners get to check out the album and really enjoy it. I hope they'll see the blending of music and technology, and I hope they enjoy it as much as I did making it. So that's fantastic. Well, thank you for uh, thank you for for hanging out and chatting about it. I'm I'm super yeah. excited to to hear the full album, and thank you all for uh, hanging out with us today, wherever you are at home, on your phones, uh, wherever, however you're watching or listening to this. Uh, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and most importantly, tell your friends and, uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah. See you everyone.